When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Ashwin Johnson as player coach, year now from Costa. Costa, <laughs> too, early, too early for that sort of cynicism. Is he what you got? Brad Thorne. <laughs> hey, you need hey, an interpreter. Hey, Walshie, why are you climbing that apartment for, you egg? You've got to hurt yourself. Oh, get down. Uh, brilliant. That is the one. That's oh, it. That's brilliant. it. Settled. It's done. All right. I'm done. Conversation over. That's me. Can you beat that, Kempi? Oh, no, nah, bring him in. <laughs> Put Campo as his assistant. Campo, yeah. imagine that conversation. Do, do you oh. think Walshie was trying Bloody to get a... Kick it! Kick it! <laughs> oh, yeah. I won't say the rest. <laughs> I reckon while she was trying to do a little bit of um, what's the, what's the guy's name? Peter Pettigrew? No, who's the Spider Man? Who's the Peter Maguire? Toby Maguire? What, what's his name, Jake? No, Peter. Pete. What's P- Peter? Peter Parker? Not Peter Peter. Peter Grew. <laughs> um, yeah, Parker. scaling the wall. Uh, Kimpy, can, what about this? Can the Warriors sign thirteen Matt Todds and have him as coach as Wouldn't well? Wouldn't that be great? Hey. At least they could tackle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Lots of Ds. Tim, at e- least put him in defensive coach, Matt Todd. Oh, I'll man. tell you what, sack the defensive coach. Oh, okay, man. 29 minutes past 6 o'clock. Tim, you've given us a call on the Ken Hudson phone line. What do you got? Uh, I don't really care who they get. I mean, that guy from St. Helens sounds like he might be a shot, but they just they just keep recruiting mediocre coaches and they need someone amazing and if they have to wait and wait and wait till they get that guy or girl, whatever, but they just need to wait because, you know, like, when Brown came to us, he had a 26% win rate. Like, why would you even employ someone like that? Mm. And it was the same thing with McFadden. Todd Payton was a good shout, but he, uh, he just didn't stick around for very long and now look what he's doing with the Cowboys. Like, we, we just can't seem to, A, get a decent coach and B, retain it. Yeah, look, Tim, and I think what I, I think what they need to do is they they actually need to put people in place that know what they're talking about when they select the coach, as opposed to Cam George and, and Mark Robinson. I, I I heard that Nathan Brown was signed over a phone call. You know, there was no there were other people that wanted to come to well, the wasn't, club. Wasn't but the story was, at the time why he had good chat? Yeah, it was a good chat. So yeah, thought we'd put him in place. You know, so wow. well, you need a. <laughs> I, I agree with you one hundred percent, Tim. I think you need a, to to set some criteria and really. Bide your time to get the right one. Well said, and anyone can talk a good game, but you know, if you've got a 26% win ratio mm. at multiple clubs, don't sign them. Yeah. Hey, like, like my son said, like my son said to me last night, Tim, Dad, you could finally pass that wooden spoon on. <laughs> <laughs> Cheeky bugger. Uh, what, a, what a great day for the Kemps. Um, and, and look, I'd love to know. 
We, you know the other morning we were talking about the board of directors at the Warriors and who actually has the power and who's the decision making? Like, do you not think that after this many misses they should actually get an external uh, panel to do the, make this decision for them? Like, do you not think after a few wild swings and misses maybe Cam George and Mark Robinson actually need help to make this call? And would that be such a bad thing to find somebody or find some people that can actually sit on this panel process with them? I don't even know what the process Mark just is. just needs to get back in the office and run all tech and just let them coach and let them run a, a, a team, a culture, and build that. Like, honestly, take a backwards step. If he hasn't seen that now, we'll never see it. Well, he's an alpha male, is he? Doesn't matter. Is he male? A bit? He's come out and said, I, I do it for the fans. What do it for the fans? Yeah, as he's hundred percent right, and you need you need people that are resilient enough to say, "Look, listen, Mark, just just sit down." You know, this mm. let let people that know what they do. Like, um, am I going to come in and tell you how to run Ortex? No, hell no, mm. hell no. That's exactly right. Look, twenty nine away from seven. Keep your messages coming through on double eight, double three. Shane Flanagan. Somebody says the Walker brothers haven't coached since twenty nineteen, but we need to try something different. That's from Dan. Appreciate your message, Dan. Why not now? I hear you loud and clear. We'll keep getting through your messages throughout this hour and actually the morning after 8 o'clock. We're just going to go full. We're going to get into it. We're going to go all the way to town on everything rugby league because it's actually State of Origin Day. And this is the showcase. This is the centrepiece of rugby league. Fence with Tony Kemp. Well, 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 well. What a day it was yesterday. Yes, the little general has been given the top job, and I think this is a master stroke by Cam George. Not because Stace is the answer to our coaching troubles, but because it stops the flow of negativity around the club at the moment. Given the current turmoil the club has gone through losing players and a head coach who don't want to return to New Zealand, Cam George has played his trump card. Yes, Stacey Jones, to arrest these decisions which have destroyed the confidence of the nation and in what this club is doing. It got me thinking though is, who has got the most to lose? The club or Stace? In my opinion, Stacey Jones has jumped on a lame horse in this year's NRL race. Why? Because he loves his horse more than any other in the race. Stacey Jones is the Warriors, and while he knows the task ahead is a tough one, he's willing to put his mana on the line to hold the club together before they return back to Aotearoa. What a true champ. Finally for me, Cam George and Mark Robinson need to fix the problem ASAP before the train wreck sucks up our champion of champions, Stacey Jones. Yes, a master stroke, but for who? All they have done is papered over some serious cracks, and I'm concerned that if they don't hire the right person to run this club in the future, my mate will just become another coaching statistic when he deserves way more than that. Stacey Jones, more than just the game. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Cameron George yesterday in his press conference, the Warriors CEO, speaking about the departure of Nathan Brown, was asked about um, where is the club at from Mm. a culture perspective and where is the club at not just around the coaching. They've been overseas for a long time and Cam George spoke about that and how that has really hurt what other teams and what other platforms and pathways they can put around their first grade team. I'm not quite sure what the definition underbelly means uh, in regards to this scenario, but, um, you know, I take a lot of responsibility and I'm very passionate about our footy club in the now and and in the future. And whilst we've been trying to survive in a lot of aspects of our footy club, it doesn't negate us and give us a free pass from not winning. Um, Have we got that right? Again, no. But, look, we have over 100 kids training each week in our academy system in New Zealand. The biggest problem we've had there 
they haven't had the games of footy that they should be able to play in normal circumstances. In March 2020, when COVID stopped the world, not just the NRL, we had an NRL uh, team. We had a New South Wales Cup reserve grade team, if you want to call it that. We had a Jersey flag team, we had an NRLW team. So we had four teams competing in the competition. Since that point, we have not been able to field any other team except the NRL team. We've got 12 kids over here that probably no one knows about that we're paying for to have here all year round just to help them develop a bit more. As I said, we've got 100 kids training every week at Mount Smart Stadium with four or five staff over there. We're trying to develop them. We're trying to get them games of footy. We tried to get them over here for a tour, but the board has stopped that this year. So there's a lot of stuff happening in underneath that underpins who we are. And when we can get home and reconnect with all of those facets of our business, it'll be much more better for our footy club to succeed. That's Cam George, CEO of the Warriors, sitting next to Stacey Jones yesterday at the press conference. Stacey Jones on SENZ today after 3 p.m. with Kempe and Sam Hewitt. Stacey's going to dial in and talk about his ambitions and what he can do for this club. But Kempe on Cam George, Mark text, just wondering how you and Cam George get on. When you hear Cam talk about that, does he make sense? No, not at all. Um, I think what he did was he he, he took he got his he got his heckles up uh, because I said that he had a soft underbelly. Let me just let me just define what a soft underbelly means. It means that you have a part of your club which is easy to attack. And for me, there's there's two real simple ones that are under attack at the moment. One of them is recruitment, where he talks about and uses COVID as a, a, an excuse to why they can't build. Um, the depth within the club, but the other part is in the team. It's your defensive. It's your defensive capability, and 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 your defensive capability in your side is a soft underbelly because every team knows that you're going to score points against the the Warriors on the fo- football field. But to use the recruitment one and, and Dave that phone in before, if you've got a hundred players, I'm just this is just off the top of my head, okay? Because I'm a numbers man. You got a hundred players, it's seven teams, is he? Mm. All right, it's seven teams. That's what I mean. You know you what can I mean. Create something. So there. why don't you create a seven-team competition and develop within your own country? Because you're talking about the board turned down getting these guys to Aussie. A competition where they play themselves, and you play you play a what a nine-week competition. Give a team a bye every second week. You've mm. got them all together. You've got a chance to coach your coaches, put coaches in place, so you're building your coaching depth. You've got managers, trainers. Oh, you know that they're sacking every what five 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 new physios, five new trainers. You've got a structure and a system under place that sort of underpins and strengthens your belly. Mm. You know what I mean? So um, stop talking in riddles. And, 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 to, and to the person that asked about how do I get on with Cameron, Cameron George, I get on well with him. Me and him had a chat last night. Um, you know, I spoke to Stace. Uh, you know, I love the, I love the guy. He, he people, I, and, I, and I get this. I think people know what Stacey Jones means to our game. He's our future yeah. Kiwi coach. Let's not ruin that because he's taken mm. over this NRL um, position. But after, straight after it, I talked to Cam. And I actually, I said, you know, like, man, you know, we've got to protect Stace Cam. You know, so um, it doesn't stop me from telling, you know, and I said to Cameron too, mate, you know me, I've got an opinion and I'm pretty, um, I've got rhino skin, so I'm going to say it, say it how I, how I call it. Um, mm. But mate, pick the phone up if you want to chat to me. Always, always free to chat. That's what. Yeah, like the, with hearing Cameron George talking about hundred players. Uh, they've got pathways. They've got players over there at the moment. Well, you've got an owner. You've got an owner that's you know apparently got a bit of cash. So cash is probably not a problem at the moment to create a tournament like that. You look at the twenties that that Dave was alluding to. The twenties tournament that was played in Topol. 
He had all the franchises they had an under twenties outfit. It was awesome. It was, it was televised. It was an opportunity for these players to go out, start playing some rugby. Like the COVID situation, I'm sick of using it as an excuse. Like the COVID is here and it's going to be here forever. We can't. We've got to move forward and we've got to create tournaments. We've got to create little events and little situations where these kids can have an opportunity. So I don't. Yeah, I think that was a that was a cop out from Cameron George with that situation. Well, while we're on Cameron George, we'll get to these texts. <laughs> Give us a call. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. We'd love to hear from you, and, and we'll talk Stacey in a second and, and what Stacey means to New Zealand rugby league. But an interesting text has come through here. Cameron George must stand down from NZTR boards. So for those that aren't aware, so we spoke to Bruce Sharrick. He's the CEO of New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing. Cam George, and he's had a fabulous career in racing. He's done a lot of good things for New Zealand Racing. He is currently the chairman of the Thoroughbred board. I, I think he's been there for probably 18 months, maybe two years, maybe a little bit longer than that. Um, this text says you can't just do both. Let him completely stuff up the worries. There's not much further to go and t- deeper before rock bottom. Racing will be better off without now, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I take your point that he's got two highly influential jobs in New Zealand sport at the moment. And Zane's come through. I found the question to Cam George most telling. A week like this, do you feel under pressure from the owner because of what you've gone through, two coaches since you've been there? And he said, I don't. Mark and I work very closely. Now, that's been confirmed. Cam George and Mark Robinson, they obviously get on. The way mm. Cam defended him during the Matt Lodge situation and the way that Cam George can answer that question and feel very safe in his job. Do they need an outside voice, Kimpy? Do they need more or less, um, I guess, unbiased or uncoloured opinion? Well, if you're if you're looking from the outside in, and you know, at the at the people, they had full gold. You know, like you, you think you go to get full gold, and he's going to bring a change over here again. I said at the time, he's just warming he's warming a seat over here. He ain't staying here. You know what I mean? He was always gearing himself up through the media to pick up a position in Sydney. What they need is they need someone. They need to trust Kiwis, and they need someone that's resilient that can t- just just tell them to st- mate stop it. You don't actually you're not an expert, all right. You need to trust people and let the, the, this, this coaching thing. And we had a real good text this morning. Put a system in place that goes out and takes their time in, in putting the next person in place. Don't make rash decisions and don't think. You know, for me, if I'm Izzy, and this is this is where I'll go with this. If Cam George and Mark Robinson select the next coach, doomed. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree, mate. How do you think Justin Morgan's feeling through all this? We haven't heard anything from him. Not one bit. And, and you spoke about underbelly with defence. That's where you said us. That's where you win titles, defensively. And they have been leaking 40 points plus every game, but you never hear from him. Mate, he's got to go. Mm. Like he's been, you know, he was he was around the club. He was working for the club. Then he was put into that position. You know, there was no there was no process that they went through to put in a, 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 a decent assistant coach. Yeah, like you've got to stop doing that. Like you, you do. You've got to you've got to actually build a structure with a long term vision. Not say what well, here's a job for a mate. Mm. Uh, look, yes. It is fair, though, that they have been, and I know you guys are sick of the excuses, but it hasn't necessarily been all plain sailing, and they have been away from home, and these things are true. It's not easy to run a business on the road. I'm like That's fair enough. Joey is on the road with us now, 0800 811. Whereabouts are you around the country, Joey? From Auckland, boys. Auckland. First time caller to your program. Fantastic. Look, um, you know, I, we, I listened to uh, one of New Zealand's best coaches ever, uh, a few weeks ago and it, for the, with the Warriors. Straight away, he made a comment, Graham Lowe, he made a comment of putting of putting Walsh at 5'8". Now, there's a, there's a guy that's coached Queensland. He's coached mm. when I was a kid coming through. 
he took the, the, the Kiwis to, to be in Australia when I was coming through, and that that was fantastic for, for players like us coming through. And and for not for them not to even listen to someone like him to, with his experience, you, you know, there's guys also there that are leaving, like Tavita, they, they say, oh, well, you've got Tavita Harris there. But at the end of the year, he's going. So he could easily go back to fullback. Mm. You could have Walsh is a guy that every time he comes in, in, the, in the back line, he does very quick. Now, Tony Kemp's played 5'8". He's very, he's very quick. He, he's got good skills. He's, he's, as a fullback, um, he lacks a little bit of defence, without a doubt. And, and you know, w- w- the way I look at it, too, is they're not, they're not winning. So why not, why not change, up, change the team up about it? I don't know what you guys think about it. Mm. I, look, I agree with you. I was, I, off the back, off the back fence on Monday morning, I said the exact thing: move, move, move Walsh to five eight. Take the game management off Sean Johnson. Play Sean Johnson up through the dummy half and defend him at, um, back in his, his spot, or or run him, run him around in the fullback spot if you're going to pick him in the team. Because Sean just hasn't done it for us this year, and we need to give someone a go. The the discussion about Graham Lowe is that it's the woke, it's the woke culture. All right, they won't listen to people like me or Graham Lowe because we've got an opinion, and they just and what they say, the faithless, what they say is, oh, they're, they're disgruntled, they're unhappy, you know, they were part of it. Like, just get over yourselves. Like, people, there are really what you're saying. There are really good football minds. Maybe you just sit down and listen to them. Maybe they do have something to offer. Morning, guys. At least now, no matter what happens, I feel like no matter the immediate result, Stacey Jones will have 100% the best interests of the club at heart. And hopefully mm. we've hit rock bottom and he can start to build for something. Jamie, Jamie, awesome point. And that was Kempe's off the back fence today. You can go and listen to that on Izzy and Kempe for Breakfast podcast channels. Izzy, this was Cam George's trump card. I, I love Stacey Jones. He is a yeah. hero of mine. I, I, I think the people inside the club love Stacey Jones. He's not necessarily going to be the silver bullet to save the club, ah. but what he can do is he can restore some mana. He can. He can restore some mana. Maybe you think of the Warriors, I just think straight of Stacey Jones. I think Stacey Jones and what he's done for the club and look, it's it's not going to happen overnight, but we, we've got to support him. We've got to get around him. And, and I love that chat from for chucking Reese Walsh in, in first receiver. You want your best player, your most threatening attacker, when he gets the ball, to have as many touches as possible. That is where he's going to get that. Yes, he can be erratic, and you know, probably won't. He'll probably go out on a limb, but he'll try things and he'll try and. I have a little crack, so yeah, I don't mind that. Chuck him in there and have a crack. Well, you got nothing else to lose. Yeah, no, you definitely don't, John. You're in the knacky. What have you got on the Warriors? Um. Morning, boys. Kempi, you make a great comment there about um, the owner and George could be picking the next coach. Now, we're beyond Upshire Creek now, so are they going to influence the next coach? Well, by, by, all, by all accounts, that's apparently how it's going to, you know, the decision will be made by me and the owner. Like, I don't know if you've read that comment, but that's actually what Cam George said. So I just think it's, I think that that, that process is doomed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> John, thanks for your call. I hundred one five zero. Mate, John, you know me. I ain't going to sit on the fence, mate. I'm going to tell it as it is. Like Robo, Robo needs to go back and just sit in the Ortex offices and run the multi-million dollar business. And he needs people that know what they're doing, selecting um, a, the next position. Which Frank Frank Endicott made a lot of sense about yesterday, and for the club that is going to get him a winning culture in that club. Yeah. 
Fair enough. 23 minutes past 8 o'clock this morning. Uh, we're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Zane's come through again. We need a GM of footy with ball, football IQ that can actually have some strength and decision making in the club. Zane, I think there needs to be some sort of outside influence. Uh, I agree. Love all of your chat on the Warriors. You're very passionate. And this is what, as Izzy says, this is for you. This is for the fans because it's your club. It's our club. And we're allowed to, we're allowed to feel disgruntled. It's time for the great selection. It's Izzy and Kempe's All Blacks 23. Oh yeah, this has quickly become one of my favourite parts of the morning every day. We are only ooh, 19, I think, shows away from... The All Blacks playing the first test against Ireland. You've heard us bang on about it. This selection is the great selection. This might be the most important selection of the last decade or thereabouts. And yesterday, we were all about the second lock. Well, you know who picked up the honours? It's here. It's a first touch in the game. Whitelock. Sam Whitelock. Look at him go. Sam Whitelock. Please tell me this isn't happening. Is that your one, Louie? <laughs> My goodness! <laughs> I think Louie picked that one, Kempe. <laughs> hey, emphatic. <laughs> of course. A landslide oh. of votes came through. Kiz, Kiz, you got your mic handy? How many votes, what percentage of votes do you reckon Sam Wilder got on the Instagram? Oh, I'm horribly dyslexic, so I'm not good with percentages, but he got 17. 17 votes out of about 30, I think, so over half. Yeah, there you go. He dominated. Like that 60 metre try. Pain me to get a Crusaders clip, we'll say. Um, thank you. So there you go. Brody Vitalik and Sam Wylock packing down in the second row. Now, boys, today we are filling in our blind side. Now, this is so complicated because in double A, double three, you're going to need to help us here. Blind side. You kind of can't pick your blind side without knowing what you're going to do with the rest of your Lucy's and kind of your bench makeup. Ethan Blackett is injury. Dalton Popoletti's injury creates spanners here. Izzy, you're the expert, so I'm just going <laughs> to handball it to you. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, look, there's uh, tomorrow and the next day, uh, seven and eight. That's where the real debate will be going. I think the six is quite easy at the moment, for me anyway, personally. I, I think um, when Akira Yuani got injured, I was worried. I was a little bit worried that maybe he'd uh, be away from the game. He injured his foot. He's done the same injury that I've done, uh, the Liz Frank. So I thought maybe he would lose a little bit of condition. Uh, a little bit of fitness, but mate, he's come back and he just looked like he hasn't really missed the beat. So it's an easy one for me. I've gone to Fakira Yuani. Uh, he's just bringing a real pre- presence. His dominating game on the weekend, he had 12 carries, 10 times he passed the game line. Ooh. So 90 plus percent, he's getting over the advantage line, getting them into good positions. Good set. Um, and just really uh, dominating with the ball in hand. But then off the ball, only eight tackles, but missed zero. So he's ticking both sides of the ball for me. He's a real influence. I think what I'm seeing from Kiriwani is uh, is the six for me at the moment. One thing I'd love to see him do is just, I think it was like two years ago, they were playing the Wallabies in Australia, and he had just had a real mongrel. It was in the wet game. He was pushing. No, we don't want him to push, but just had a real presence about them. We want our sixes to have a, you hate comparing, but Jerome Kano kind of presence. Don't take a backward step, just real. Those are the players in that six jersey that really stamped the mark with attitude, so... Kitty, you want if you can go there? That's my six. You, Uncle? Yeah, I like him. I like him, but I would have him on the bench coming off as an impact player. I think um, you're dead right. You need to have someone around there that, you know, Jerome's a template, isn't he? Um, mm. Just tough and uncompromising, and he's got an engine on him. I think Artie Sevilla's my six. Oh, whoa. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, Uncle. 
Yeah, yeah. I think you. I think you put. I think you put Artie back to the side of the scrum and put him on a six and give him the, the. I, I guess the latitude to roam around and just just play that game without worrying about leading from the back of the scrum. Mm. Um, I think you've got enough. You know, Scotty Barrett can play on the back of the scrum potentially, but you know, so I, I think the one you you can't um, dismiss because of how well they're going is Hoskins Satudu. Um, you know, he's he's leading the, the Blues around the field. I like the game they played against the Brumbies and, you know, the aggressive uh, Brumbies back three, uh, loose mm. forwards. I think they they really have stuck it to the New Zealand teams this year. And I think having Artie at six and, and Hoskins at the back, um, for me, with Akira coming off the bench is a good mix. I am so excited Ooh. to see the rest of your loose forward make up then, Kimpy. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it makes, makes things very interesting. Izzy, I have tried so hard. To well, I haven't tried hard to not like his play, but I've given him not much credit throughout the years. Akira Yuani, I've said he's hot and cold, he's inconsistent. I've really not been a fan of actually both of the brothers. And mm. the, unless is that Rico's because they play on, for the Blues? No, no, no. I Where just the I just struggle with oh, the consistency. The but last year on the India tour, it, it could not you could not miss what Akira was doing. I mm. wanted to pick Ethan Blackadder. He's out. Yeah, he's injured. He's out. He's so injured. you can't. So he's not involved. So yeah. you can't. It's um. He was my first choice. Second cab off the rank, Akira Yuani. He is, for me, the number six. Who is it? Your blindside flanker, double eight, double three. Head to SCNZ underscore Instagram. You to wait vote. till we get number eight. Oh, I've got a nice one here for you. Cullen Grace. 28 away from eight. <laughs> 28 away from eight. Does we'll, he play for Canterbury, Cullen Grace? We'll, we'll be back. He's Crusaders, but we'll be, it's not Cullen. Oh, Crusaders. Crusaders. Oh, <laughs> ooh, Peter Gasol, call it. Oh, now I'm excited. 28 away from eight. We've got to go. Mate, huge news, obviously, coming out with Dustin Johnson, the latest, uh, to join the LOV. They are gaining some momentum. What's what's your take on the whole situation with the LOV and the PGA scenario we're facing at the moment? Well, do you have a couple hours, or is this just a short little conversation? <laughs> um, I, 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 think what we, I think what we definitely have is a, um, a situation where we have two strong groups that are, fight, that are literally fighting now for the soul of what professional golf is going to be, not in the United States, but over in the world. And um, one group, which is the LIV group, which is led by Greg Norman, uh, has a tremendous amount of money. Mm. I mean, we can't even, we couldn't even explain how much money this group can, has, can tap into. And you got the PGA Tour that for years has been the 500-pound gorilla that anytime they wanted to do something, they, get, they pretty much got it done. But now that's not the case. They're up against a what I would say is an equal foe. And I think in the end, there's going to have to be some kind of deal made because I don't think one's going to be able to overtake the other. I just think it's going to be a, it would be a bloody, it would be a bloody war if they did that. I think mm-hmm. cooler heads at some point are going to prevail and they're going to come up with some kind of solution. But in the meantime, it's going to be tremendous press and copy that we're going to be dealing with over the next, I would say, probably three to six months. Hey, Alex, do you think the standard of golf, you know, with the lack of players that they can they can get to come over to LIV uh, is really going to make a difference to whether or not it goes ahead? I, I do. Um, I think that's the whole point. I think if you're the LIV people, your goal is to stay around as long as you can and get more and more people interested. And when I was at Memorial this week and talking to players, and I was shocked by this, no matter who I talk to, veterans, guys I never would have thought would have been to talking to them, younger guys, they all were 
We're interested in learning more. We're, we have the door open to talk with them. Doesn't mean we're going to go, but we're interested in talking to them. And I think if you're if you're the PJ Tour and you hear basically that almost every one of your members is it willing is willing to at least listen, I think that's a problem for the PJ Tour. Yeah, it's it's a huge problem. We've had Dustin Johnson, we've had Kevin Nah, we've had some big names that have already made the switch at the moment. Is there anyone you're kind of expecting that you kind of hearing whispers that potentially might make the move and and you know, he's going to pay 150 million Dustin Johnson, so he's got 150 million reasons to go. But anyone else that potentially could go and maybe cripple the PGA? Well, you, I'm assuming you know too about Phil Mickelson, obviously, was over yeah. now, reportedly. And, and I hate to report these numbers because I don't know where we, I don't know where anybody's getting this information. But mm. the reported number now on Phil Mickelson is 200 million or 200 million plus. I heard just before I got on here with you guys that Bryson DeChambeau is the next to go and that he's going to announce sometime this weekend. Now, in talking to Bryson, to us, he, he basically waved it off and said, no, I'm not, I don't know if you plan on doing anything. However, in talking to some players that have spent some time with Bryson, he was kind of complaining and moaning about the fact that, you know, he caught a lot of grief when he first started talking about this, and he decided to back down. But the question is, why back down if it's all about money for you, which it was for him? So if he can renew those conversations, and get something like Dustin Johnson money, why not get that Dustin Johnson money and then play for what potentially is $4 million a, a, a tournament? And that's an eight tournament of season. What happens when it goes to 14 events or 12 events or whatever? I mean, the money they're playing for is outrageous. There's no question about that. And I know we all talk about, there's a lot of people are talking about, oh, it's, it's, from a political standpoint, it's money coming from a bad organization and the, the the, the Saudis are bad and this and that and everything else. And is that all they care about is money? Well, these guys make a living. This is what they make their living at, mm-hmm. playing golf, professional golf. Are you suggesting they should limit their ability to earn because you think they shouldn't be dealing with this group or that group or because you're getting too much money or because the PGA Tour, who really doesn't care about them, according to them, you know, should, they should have some kind of alliance with them or feel an allegiance to them? So I think it's up. I think at the end of the day, when you're talking about this much money, it is very, 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 very hard to say no. So PGA, they're faced with a bit of a dilemma at the moment. What do you think they're going to do? How are they going to react to all this? Will they have to dig into their own pockets, raise the stakes, find some money, offer contracts to certain players, some big numbers? Uh, do we see that hap- uh, happening with the PGA? Well, I think the PGA kind of got cost a curveball just recently when all these players that are American players, um, well, not just American players, uh, but all the PJ Tour members pretty much decided to resign their membership. Before it was kind of like, well, what are they going to do to me? They could suspend me. They could ban me. They could find me. Now it's like, you can't do anything to me because I'm no longer a member. And I think that is a problem for the PJ Tour. They're thinking they could somehow force these guys back. It's not going to happen. They've resigned their memberships. So if they resign their memberships, they're no longer under the PJ Tour umbrella. So that's the problem for the tour. How do they handle, you know, that kind of situation? How are they going to handle these guys that are on the fence? They don't really know what to do with that. I mean, I've heard players say, we've gone to the PJ Tour, and I've told them specifically, if the number is X, I'm leaving, which means if I'm going to get a signing bonus for X or Y, I'm out of here. The tour can't beat that. They can't match that. 
And you're hearing that from player after player. So what do they do? I mean, I'm I'm at a lo- I'm actually at a real loss because right now the USGA has basically said these players are going to be able to play at the U.S. Open next next week. The RNA I don't think is going to change their stance. I don't believe. So now that's two majors that you don't have to worry about. So you got the two other majors you do have to worry about. Well, Augusta is not for nine months from now. So they're or eight, whatever it is, eleven months, whatever it may be. So they have time to kind of figure through this. There's a lot that's going to happen in the next six, seven, eight, nine months. The tour is not going to get the support that they would hope they would have gotten from the USGA, the RNA. And so then in turn, the players are like, well, look, we play eight weeks. We play four majors. That's, you know, that's 11 weeks for us. That's all I need. I don't need to play anymore. I've got a chance to make a boatload of money playing in 11 weeks. I got a nice big signing bonus. So what can the tour do? I think they're very, very limited now. Yeah, mm. Alex, and, and the question is, like, what is it that they've got to lose? You know, the, the PGA. Well, no one, no one actually knows what it is that they're fighting for when we know that these players have this massive check being waved in front of their face saying, well, come and get some money over here. Is it, is it, that, uh, is it about media rights? Is it about just legacy? What is it that they, they are fighting for here, the PGA? Well, they're, I think they're fighting for their survival. Mm. I think that's how they see this. They're fighting for their survival, and um, they don't understand. They don't seem to be willing. In fact, they're not willing at this point to have any conversations with the, with the live group to try to find a way to make this thing work where they could work together because they're not clearly listening to their players. Their players, their players aren't necessarily money-hungry. They're, they're more than comfortable with the money they're playing for. They want some transparency in their relationships with the PGA Tour. They want to limit. They want to eliminate to some extent the amount of events they have to play in. So, as an example, let's take Adam Scott, which is down there. I know he's not New Zealand from New Zealand, but Adam's from Australia. You know, Adam wants to play 15 events. He has no problem playing in FedEx, the FedEx Cup. But when the FedEx Cup Championship is over in end of August, beginning of September, he does not want to be forced. They have to play in the rest of September and October and November and half of December. He doesn't want the season to start back up until January. So he doesn't want to play these fall events. If he wants to keep his card currently under the current system, he has to play in these fall events because he has to get points. He doesn't want to do that. And he's not the only one. So at some point, you become interested in something other than playing professional golf for a living. You have kids. You have a family. You want to do other things. You, you are very hamstrung. I know it's hard to believe as much money you're playing for, but you're hamstrung in regards to what your life can be like if you're a professional golfer, the way the system works now. That's why the live situation gives them such so much more flexibility, and they see that flexibility. And you know what? It's not any different than what people have learned over time with the pandemic. Look what happens now when I don't have to go into the office. I can just work from home. Look at the flexibility mm-hmm. I now have. Is there a reason why these people don't want to go back home or go back to the office? Yes. They don't want to give up their freedom. They're not any mm. different than any of these professional golfers are right now. Oh, you're making a hell of a lot of sense here, and it's all, all aligning. They've got the, the formula right. It's the LIV. Um, quickly, before we let you go, Alex, we appreciate you coming on the show. Is there one golfer, is there one name that you feel, if they made the switch, it could really cripple the PGA? I threw it out on the text machine yesterday. I've got one in mind. But have you got someone, if they go, it's, it's, it's doom day for the PGA. 
Well, if not, if not Tiger, which mm. he has said he's not, and I yep. believe him, it would have to be Rory. Yes. And if Rory McIlroy decided to make the switch, that would make the difference to me. Really, Rory McIlroy or Jordan Spieth, either one of those two. And I think you have to remember, you know, from from my standpoint, covering this tour for 25 years, there's only so many needle movers that are out there. Tiger's one, even though he's not playing. Rory's one. Jordan's one. Bryson DeChambeau to a to a to a point as as one as well. You start getting needle movers, and there's not many. But if you get a needle mover to move. That's going to make a difference. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I was the same as you, Rory McIlroy, for me. If he left, wow, that's big, big news. Have you heard any whispers about those guys, Justin Thomas or Rory McIlroy, potentially thinking about it? No. I, Justin Thomas is not thinking about it. And Rory McIlroy, you know, Rory McIlroy continues to slowly open the door a little more because he didn't, I think at the time, he didn't, he didn't understand and didn't see where this could go and where it might go and where it's actually going now. I don't think it's. I think it's going to take a little while, but Rory McIlroy eventually, I could see making that move. Beautiful, beautiful, Alex. We appreciate you coming on the show, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast and sharing your insights of the latest uh, scenario facing the PGA and the LIV Golf Tour. Thank you so much, Alex. Take care. It is World Oceans Day, where we celebrate the beautiful Moana, the beautiful Tangaroa and our ocean and all that it gives us. In Aotearoa, there are a number of things we are passionate about. Our sports, of course, our Kiwi ingenuity, and spirit another, and the beautiful ocean. We are surrounded by water more than almost every other country. We have grown up at the beach, in the surf, casting a line. So today should be a very special day for all us Kiwis, as it's World Ocean Day. Blair Took is a passionate for us, as passionate for the water as anyone else we know. He and Pete Burling have their own foundation, Live Ocean, where they campaign and grow awareness for our beautiful Moana. Blair's on the line now. No doubt he's recovered from that kickathon where he probably kicked about a thousand more than DC. So how's your quad? How's your hamstring, mate? You've been recovering in the in the ocean this morning. Yeah, morning, boys. Um, thanks for having me on. That was a that was a heck of an intro, actually. So thank you very much. Pretty um, pretty awesome day. But now the old the hammies and the uh, the groins come right but it's been what, a couple of months so I'm pretty lucky but uh, yeah it was an epic morning too wasn't it <laughs> yeah that was a great morning mate you're, you're slotting them from the left right right down the 50 metre line mate hey uh, what have you been up to this morning I've just seen your, your Instagram you had a big crowd at the at the beach getting in for a wee dip what's been happening this morning yeah so just um, in Milford Beach in Tamaki Makoto so live ocean winter dip this morning um, as part of World Ocean Day, a day to celebrate the Moana and, you know, all of the life in it So and all it, mm. all it does for us. Um, hey, so, yeah, awesome morning. Hey, Blair, the importance of that, like, you know, you're a, you're a seaman, um, spend most of your life on the ocean. The importance that the ocean plays in our ecosystem, is that message being put out there by, uh, you know, people like yourself with the profile? Yeah, I think for too long, um, the ocean soaked up um, so much for us. It really is the lifeblood of the planet. Um, it, it takes in all of, a lot of heat, CO2, um, but it's really at a tipping point now, and, it, and it's not too big to fail. And the science has been pointing that way for a long time. Um, so, yeah, I guess today and um, doing the live ocean winter dip is just a chance for people to connect to that, to show um, action, that they, they too care about it and want to see a healthy ocean for a healthy future.
What are some of the things, Chuki, that we could do to instill that the health of our oceans remains for a very long time? Like some simple things when we're so oblivious at home, just some things we could just probably lead us and make some change? Yeah, well, uh, I think for us here in Aotearoa, first off, understanding, um, like said in the intro, how important our ocean space is, literally 94% of um, of what we are is Aotearoa. Why, we've got the fourth largest ocean in the world, um, so it, it's globally significant. And um, I guess the thing about the ocean is so much of it's out of sight, it's below the surface um, or, or the you know top of the water or it's over the horizon. So it's really hard for people on land to, to connect with it and understand what it does for us. But it, it really is, like I said before, the, the life support system of the planet. Um, and we need to have a, a healthy ocean for a healthy future. So just connecting with it, understanding those things. Um, and then obviously we need to really look at what we take from, from the moana, how we, how we harvest. Um, we can always be better and have better practices around that. And then on the other side of what we put into it, whether it's, yeah. Um, things like sedimentation and, and runoff and just yeah, all of those things. We've put so many pressures on the ocean and um, it's, just, it's put up with for, for a long time, but it's really at a tipping point now. Yeah, it's, it's unacceptable. One of the things we can do is our COVID masks, make sure you put them in, in the rubbish, mate, as opposed to letting them drop on the road. They find themselves, I was walking down the, down the uh, waterways yesterday and seen a number of them in, the, in our ocean. It's so, so sad. Hey, uh, just a blee, I'm just going to ask you a question here around the ocean. You, you're on it all the time. Mate, Matai Bay is one of my favourite spots in New Zealand. What's your secret little spot in New Zealand that you like to get away with and enjoy the, enjoy the ocean? Yeah, well, uh, that's a pretty neat spot you've, you've got up, up north there. Um, obviously, being from Kitty Kitty, I've got some uh, pretty awesome spots around the bay um, that are, you know, where I feel, I guess, most connected and most alive. So, got a surf spot not too far from home that I take the boat out to, and that's probably um, my one one place. Pick Won't me up, brother. Pick me up. On here, mate. Pick me up. I'm up in Kitty Kitty from yeah, this weekend. Come and get me. I'll, I'll get me nine one out, and I'll own that wave. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> nah, sweet as. Yeah, I'm definitely keen. But yeah, it's it's something that so many Kiwis have got connection to the to the ocean in one way or another. We all live so close to it. So um, I guess with that connection comes a sense of responsibility. Um, yeah. Hey, is notice notice a true surfer? Eh? Didn't give the name of the spot up. <laughs> Spot X. Spot, Spot X. X. Mate, locals, mate, they start swinging. They're pretty feisty, those bloody surfers. If you ever drop in on them, they'll drop you. Yeah. Anyway, Chuki, we're going to let you go, mate. Uh, you're doing a little campaign, so you want Kempi to go have a wee swim this morning, do you? Yeah, and you, brother, aren't you down south? <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> trying to get out here. of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, jump, jump in the Moana for thirty seconds. Tag it's live ocean, and yeah, um, yeah just just get get some mates involved and just get out there and and, and show that action and, and that care for having a healthy Moana. All right, I saw DC yesterday. He, notice how he didn't go towards his tummy. Well, I'm definitely not going to go towards my tummy and give you a frontal shot, mate. So I'll, I'll, I'll do that. If Kempi does it, I'll do it for you. <laughs> All yeah, right? Oh, man. All right, I'll I'm look in. out for it. Legends, guys. <laughs> All right, Blair Chook, absolute okay. champion, doing some great things for the ocean. Mate, appreciate it. Take care, Chooky. Okay, take care, boy. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Can't um, wait. Get in the WiMac, is he? Get your get your Yeezys on and get in the WiMac. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Look, look. I might. Oh, yeah, I've I've outed myself, haven't I? I can't turn back now. Um, it stitches out, is he? Might be good for your foot.
Nah, they're still in, Unc. Oh, no, yeah. you're going to have to go and so there's, first. there's a few options here. You've got uh, the pond at Clearwater. You've got the Waimakariri River where you uh, you salmon fish. Or you've got the pool, which is literally five metres away from where you're broadcasting right now. No, oh, I can't do the pool. No way. No way. I'll get it. Not heated yet? <laughs> no, no. The pool's be, cold, bro. It's about heat, five degrees. <laughs> you'll be able to heat it now that you're not getting uh, Tilly a horse. No, 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 no. We'll go down the Wymac. We'll go down the Wymac. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to go try to play golf, so I'll probably be swimming it uh, somewhere in the, in the pond <laughs> trying to find my ball. So look, there'll be time. All right. Uncle, go do it. Yeah, Kim, for sure. Kimpy, we'll have to go find a beach after this. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.